Hey everyone, this is uh, 316 Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. I am Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Uh, you know, we want, always want to start by thanking our production crew because uh, we we if we wait to the end, we're going to forget them. So we always want to thank uh, Larry and Sandy, of course, our creative producer, uh, Esther, uh, our studio producer, who is Justin, and the house manager, who is Danielle. Hey guys, listen, I'm so honored today to have with us in the studio live at the farmhouse is Christine Gerling. Is that how you pronounce that? Gerling? It is. Yeah, Christine Gerling. And and it is Christine, right? It is not, Christine. Not Christine. Because there's so many versions or variables of the Chris I know. name, right? You get it wrong a lot. So it's Christine. It is Christine. Hey, it's Christine Gerling. Um, today we are talking with her because there's a couple of reasons really, and this is this is uh, this is absolute truth in lending. I asked Christine to come in the studio today to talk about a couple of things. So the first thing we want to talk about uh, talking with Christine is just her life story. Now, it's been an incredible journey just from the things that I have seen. I don't know much about her. I know her family quite a bit better. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with today and then kind of go backwards and start all over. So today you're married. I am. Yeah. Yes. Uh, happily married. <laughs> Most days. Some days, some yeah. days, right? Almost 15 years. You've been married for 15 years, happily for five. <laughs> right? <laughs> that feels generous, <laughs> but yeah, sure. Um, and you have a couple kids, two, three kids? Yeah, we have two boys. They are four and three. Yeah, and the, and everybody's just normal. Is this just a normal life? I mean, who is normal? Yeah, so sure. just a, it's a normal marriage, yep. normal kids. Uh, you live not in the Chicagoland area. You live in Chicago. You live in the city of Chicago. Do. And life is just normal. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that means. But you haven't always been normal. I mean, you've had kind of a, um, a um, it's been a broken road getting here, right? Absolutely. And that's really one of the reasons why we want to talk here because talking with is about uh, kind of helping people talk through their faith story because we believe that that God is still writing the Bible or his word through the lives of people. Uh, and so that's why today I'm so honored to have Christine Gerling as we allow God to preach through the story that he gave you. So take us take us back to the beginning. Uh, you probably don't remember birth, but you may have heard some stories, yeah, right? I don't remember it clearly. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I was born. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> at, some, at some point along the way, uh, that happened. Yeah. Now your your parents. So let's let's start there because that's really how how I how I know you. And I, I yeah. can go into to my uh, perspective of that from that corner of the world in, in a little bit. But your mom and dad is Wes and Lori. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and again, just normal people. I mean, no, no. they're extraordinary. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where your life diverges from yeah. the rest of us, right? I mean, I I mean, I was. Born and raised very normal, right? Lower mm -hmm. middle class, just kind of average, everyday, blue-collared kind of guy. <clears throat> but you were born into extraordinary. Yes, I was born into some lineage of Christianity. Yeah. I actually used to say that I was just born a Christian. I didn't right. have a choice. Right. So you, yeah. So you never had to get a personal relationship with Jesus. I didn't. I was gifted that. because it was it was inherited to you. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but it didn't start with with Wes and Lori, right? I mean, was it to start with your grandpa? Yeah. So both of my grandpas were um, missionaries who started churches, pastored for a long time, and all in America. Nope. My dad's dad started a church in Australia. They lived out there for a few years. Um, did you did uh, did did you know 
your grandpa? I did. Yeah. So he, is he still alive? No. He passed away. Yeah. My, my last living grandparent just passed away this past August. Oh, sorry to hear that. But, yeah, thanks. Um, but yes, I, when I was two years old, we, moved, we didn't move. We visited Australia. Really? Um, do you remember any of that? I do have some snippets. Those are like my earliest yeah, memories because yeah. I can tie it to like, well, I know how old I was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like held a koala. We waited for a Tasmanian devil to wake up at the zoo. Do you remember the flight? I don't. Okay, because that's like twenty four. Is it? It's like twenty four hours. I think right? it's ridiculous. Twenty four yeah. hours to get there and twelve hours to get back. Probably. I think they probably drugged me if they had any wisdom. I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, <clears throat> so your so is it your dad's dad started a church in Australia? Yes. Yep. So he just woke up one morning and he said, "God told me Australia is the place to be." Likely, I honestly don't know the origin of of what led them. They were pastors in um, Connecticut for. Connecticut, uh, New England somewhere mm-hmm. um, for many years, and that's where they finished their career. But at some point, they picked up and went to Australia for a couple of years. Really, um, and pastored there. Yep. So that's that's my dad's dad. <clears throat> and um, they were uh, so you knew him mm-hmm. as, as a child, and yep. good people. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Pastor, church planters, types of people. No, yeah. uh, as far as you know. Uh, scandalous, uh, rags to riches, uh, they weren't crackheads who became Christian. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think my grandpa used to drive a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, you know, there's got to be something There's a little bit of a wild streak there, right? Yeah. No, I I know no scandal from from my dad's parents' side, for sure. Um, So then really, your dad was raised as a preacher's kid. Oh, yes. Yeah, my dad was raised as a Wesleyan preacher's kid. Uh, I don't know what that means, but it sounds really strict. It is very strict, yeah. yeah. The kind of thing where it's like he wasn't allowed to go um, bowling or play, you know, pool because that's places where bets happen. Yeah, well, and, and smoking happens. Yeah, it sure, it sure does. So he couldn't do that. And not only just on, not on Sunday, but like right. Monday through Saturday, mm-hmm. we're not bowling. Right. We're not uh, playing pool. We're not yep. playing cards yep. because the because once you give the devil a foothold, yeah, absolutely, he's just uh, gonna sneak in. You could bet in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And was your dad an only child? He was not. He's the middle of three boys. Oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> so you've got two uncles on your dad's side. I do. Good dudes. Solid. I mean, because yeah. we're gonna get to your dad in a minute, but yeah. I mean, your dad is your dad, right? I mean, I, sure. I know and love us, but uh, your uncles yeah. just like your dad. Yeah, so one of my uncles on his side is also a missionary. Uh-huh. He um, is a Bible translator. They lived in Indonesia for a long time. And, I mean, just that's – so when I say I come from Christian yeah, religion, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, – don't, don't you want to live this life just for a little bit? Don't you want to travel the world mm-hmm. and, and just say Jesus, right? I mean, that's, I mean, that sounds like – I just want to do that. I just sit on the beach and say Jesus, right? Fantastic. Call myself a missionary. Um. All right, so let's let's tuck your dad's side away for a minute. Now let's talk about your mom's side. Now yep. she she comes from more and more Christians, more and more Christians, right? So yep. a lineage of godly people as well. Yeah. Uh, and and her dad did what? So her dad was the executive. Well, he was a pastor for many many years, and then he became the executive director of what is now Life in Messiah, um, and did that. They lived in Israel. They. They've done all sorts of things also. Um, and then my dad, uh, 30 years ago, took over as executive director when my grandparents moved over to Israel for a few years. Mm-hmm. And he was executive director of Life Messiah for 30 years. That's how I grew up. Um, so your mom was an only child? 
Nope, she's the youngest of four. She's the youngest of four. And she was raised in the life in Messiah culture. Yeah, so she was originally a pastor's kid. Um, I honestly don't know how old she was when my grandpa became the executive. I think he was originally like on the board of Life and Messiah and then, um, you know, became a, a, the executive director at some point there. Um, but mostly she was like a pastor's kid mm-hmm. growing up. And so that's that's how I got to meet your mom and dad. And I don't know if it was through my day job. So I, 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 I sell products and services in the financial market. Yeah. And I think... I think maybe that's how I got to meet that organization and your mom and dad uh, by selling them uh, payment processing uh, for their for their company for donations and whatever. Um, but but I knew a couple of people that worked on staff there, right? Mm-hmm. So Sarah, Marilyn, and then I, I got to know, know more people. But I was also working on a project myself, mm-hmm. so I was working on a uh, just just the concept of um, who was the guy that took Jesus off the cross, cleaned him, wrapped him, and buried him. Like, I was just hung up on that guy for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who was that guy? And so so I had I had to find out. So I, I wrote um, a one-man performance piece called The Gospel According to Joe. Uh, started that project, I think, in 2012. And that's right when I met your mom and dad in that organization. Your dad was uh, actually my script advisor. So he really kind of busted me a lot on a lot of my preconceived ideas about Jewish culture and who these guys were and who Joseph of Arimathea maybe was and all this stuff. So I kind of wrote an outline. And after he read, he's very kind, he's very generous, but he's like, okay, so this is not even, let's, why don't you come to the office? This is terrible. Yeah. Why don't you come to the office and sit down and let's kind of talk about this story a little bit. So he, he really, uh, Put context to that project, I'm, and I am eternally grateful for for Wes and Lori, that organization. Um, so you were you you were raised. Your here's here's the question: Your dad eventually married your mom. Uh, yeah, before I was born. But your dad then was the executive director mm-hmm. of the organization mm-hmm. that his father in law started. So here, so here comes the question: yeah. What came first, the job or the <laughs> wife? I mean, did he become yeah. the executive director because he he was married to or? So they were married when he became the executive director, okay. but they uh, he was they were working with Life and Messiah uh-huh. um, back before. I think I mean this is forever ago. Before yeah, right, 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 right. Um, but I think that he was like interning or starting to work there, like at the beginning of their relationship. Okay. I could be misquoting that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure your dad will call and uh, tell you will. it was wrong. I like, started working there first, and then you. your mom. Okay. No, they met on the book field. They met selling books. They would go door to door and sell books. They didn't meet going door to door. No, right, right, right. They were both in the same company. What is that? What is that? What is a book salesman? I mean, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> no, they're like internet salesmen now, right? Yeah, sure. But yeah, they would like go door to door and like sell like encyclopedias. Or like educational books for kids. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that is that that's not a thing anymore? I don't believe it is. That's incredible. I actually I actually know a couple of uh, old encyclopedia salesmen yeah. who are wonderful people and wonderful salesmen. They mm-hmm. just know how to sell. Yeah. So that's how they met. Yeah. So they both 
did well enough, you know, that summer and got one a trip to, uh, I don't know, somewhere in Colorado, I think. And, you know, my mom walked in the room and my dad just, the world stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, well, I need to meet that one. So let's just camp out here a second. So your, your mom and dad, they're probably in college, separate colleges, don't know each other. Uh-huh. And in order to help make ends meet in the summer, they, they work for a door-to-door encyclopedia book mm-hmm. program so so they both don't know each other right. start this job walking door to door all over chicagoland mm-hmm. right uh no all over the world they or the country yep. they were i don't even know where they were but they were not selling in the same part of the country but they both did well and so they wanted at the end of the summer they they want a trip right uh cancun we'll, we'll sure. call it sure. and they both un they don't know each other mm-hmm. And they, they meet on this rewards trip mm-hmm. to Cancun because they both had a great summer selling encyclopedias. Yep. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, so God has a, has, has, a, has a story designed for you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because, because here's the thing. Now, this, this is the Calvinist in me, not the Wesleyan in me. But, sure. So the Calvinist would say that if anything changed, it would change everything. Absolutely. Right? I mean, so those, those early years of them becoming encyclopedia salesmen was absolutely about you, right? I mean, or, I think everything is about me, but right? sure, sure. Clearly, right. <laughs> clearly everything's about you. Uh, but that's that's how that started. And so so then they met, they started dating, they probably had the greatest trip of their life in Cancun, and they, they decided they came back and they stayed in touch, clearly, right, however that worked out. And then, uh, and then she's like, hey, listen, my dad owns this great company, and since your dad's a, a church planter, why don't you move to Chicagoland area and come work with my dad? Something not remotely like Something, that. Something not even close. <laughs> but we're sure. but we're getting closer. Yeah, so actually when they met, my dad was engaged to another woman. Oh, there is scandal. And uh, it was one of those, you know, like, I think this is the next step. Yeah. I'm supposed to get married. We've been dating for a while. I guess we're going to, I'm going to propose to you. And um, I'm sure she's a wonderful woman. No, I'm sure. And um, But then he met my mom and was like, row I gotta do some backstepping here and my dad was actually knew my uncle my mom's brother and so when he finds out like oh man Lori Curry just walked in the room wait I think that David that's David Curry's sister so he goes up to David and is like tell me about your sister oh, no. and David goes uh she's engaged yeah and you are engaged too now back off they're both engaged well she wasn't oh right my uncle just said, trying to protect yeah, her. just said get out of here wow as the world turns. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> mm-hmm. But eventually your dad does move to the Chicagoland area. Yes. Uh, he gets a degree doing something, probably a seminary something, yep. right? Yep. And now, now he's one of the most intelligent, articulate men I know, mm-hmm. educated in Jewish culture. Mm-hmm. So somehow he got grafted into that desire or that ministry. Yeah. Uh, that had to have come from your mom's family. I mean, they exposed him sure. to that, right? Yeah. yeah. And so then he just kind of took off, and and then your mom and dad eventually get married, and then they both start working for Life and Messiah, mm-hmm. and then they actually move to Israel. Yeah. Were you born in Israel? I have never been to Israel. What? Which is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. So, you you should probably have like five trips prepaid from your mom and dad thank to Israel, you. right? Are you listening? Thank you. Um, yeah, I actually bring that up to them not infrequently. Like, oh, isn't that cute? Oh, like, gonna go to Israel. Kat, my sister, who's just above me, yeah. was born in Israel, and I've I've not been. 
So I just like to blame them. I could go yeah. by now. I just I feel yeah. like it's something I need to hold on to. And just Clearly, they've they've ruined again. your life. I think You've you had know. a horrible childhood. I, I appreciate you that. weren't able to go to Israel, and that and that <laughs> just sucks. But it's but you so you're the youngest of four. four. Yep, four girls. Uh, the oldest is a boy. Oh, one boy, three girls. Three girls. Yeah. Okay. And you and you were just raised in the Chicagoland area. And as far as you know, just really normal. I mean, again, what is normal? But sure, sure. When did you find out kind of the extraordinariness? Because you're just a normal teen, right? Just living yes. life, right? Yeah, I, mean, I grew up in Munster. Right. Just, yes. Two parents. Yeah. Uh, Christian school, public school? Uh, public. Two, two parents. They're married. They go to work every day. You don't know. You don't care. Whatever. But when do you find out really... How extraordinary your your parents are. I mean, I I don't think that was ever hidden um, because I I like to say I grew up in the back of a minivan mm-hmm. because although we lived in Chicagoland area, we would I mean my dad was preaching at churches all over the country all the time. Okay. So you know we were I've been to almost all fifty states. So as a child, you you traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. You were on the road with your dad preaching mm-hmm. and teaching. Yep. And he just pulled you in mm-hmm. after him. Yeah. Yeah, so we'd get, like, brought up on stage and, yeah. like... I, Sh- shown off, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. The Ventrop family, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> totally normal. Um, this side of it, any weirdness with that with you? Any bitterness? Like, I don't know anything about you yeah. or your childhood or your... Sure. Like, I don't know if you went through the drug years and the, the weird years or whatever. I mean, we all... <laughs> I mean, my whole life is the weird years, but sure. But be, I mean, but being raised by by parents like that, yeah, uh, who are so extraordinary, so vocal about ministry, sometimes her kids get a little flaky and like, Usually. right? Yeah, yeah. So I I am the most rebellious of us in that you know, like I'm a Democrat. <laughs> I know. God bless. Didn't I tell you not to get political here? That's all I said. <laughs> I got into nothing else. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the most rebellious, but that was, you know, like there was not like, you know, crazy, crazy scenes or whatever. Yeah. No time like, in jail. Right. No, it was like I kissed two boys kind of a thing. Right. right. Maybe more than two, but whatever. <laughs> two and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so one of the things that I've kind of um, worked through of, you know, all of our past makes us who we are. Yeah. Right? And... Growing up as Wesson Lori Tabor's daughter, yeah. you know, like... It's your identity, right? That is, you know, like, most of my friends weren't taking pictures to put on, you know, prayer cards right. to send to people. <clears throat> and then we'd go to churches, and people would come up to us like they knew us because yeah. our faces are on their, yeah. you know, on their refrigerator. And it was just such a strange, you know, dichotomy of, like, I'm just a kid, and yet, like, you think you know me and, you know, whatever. But we would always, you know, every time I can hear ringing in my ears we would pull up to some stranger's house that we were staying at for you know the the night or whatever and my parents would say like okay be on your best behavior remember who you belong to and you know they're just telling their kids like don't don't be jerks don't be screaming don't make a mess like we're in someone else's home we're guests um but hearing that over and over and over and over throughout my childhood um not to blame anyone else i hear you but, you know, it kind of put a, a seed in my head of, like, I need to hide a part of who I am. All right. So you kind of <clears throat> fell into 
<clears throat> excuse me, you fell into kind of a performance-based yeah. mentality of life, which is common. I mean, I don't want to say that your, your parents screwed you, but let's be honest. Yeah. Now that I'm a parent, I know that I'm going to screw up my kids, we right? Our kids, yeah. The best day I have screws up my kids, yeah. right? Yeah. So you were kind of forced to believe the performance-based model of living, yeah. right? Um, and so, so you, you didn't even really know, but you kind of grew up as a Christian celebrity, Sure. Traveling, going to churches, uh, preaching, teaching, your parents became a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we were by no means famous, but you know, to to the Christian crowd, you know, like I would say, we were a known entity. And my parents, being as wise and amazing as they are you know, people are very frequently leaning to into them for wisdom and yeah, for insight yeah, and yeah. for, you know, so it was, you know, we grew up in church and everyone knew who we were and, you know, just kind of, yeah, being, being a bit of that known entity and being like, okay, how I show up is a reflection on them. So it's my job to, to perform, to show up right. as expected. Right, 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 right. So, grade school, high school, you kissed two boys. Something like that. And when you had the opportunity to leave, yeah. graduation day, yeah. you're out of here. <laughs> yeah, so I've learned to not tell God I'm not going to do something. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm 47. I'm because, just learning, uh, right? yeah. Because every time I say, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And so what is the thing that you told God you weren't going to do, clearly, that you did? Yeah, go to Moody. Moody what? Moody Bible Institute. You went to college at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. How did you, why did you, what are you thinking? Dear Lord, I don't know. I, yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, but it's not, it's not going to be Moody because, you know, like both of my grandparents had taught there. My dad went there. My brother went there. You know, like, no, I'm not going to Moody. So, so, so all through high school, Mm -hmm. like what was your identity? Like if you were part of the breakfast club, which one were you? Uh, Do you know Breakfast Club? Of course I know Breakfast Club. I mean, I am young, but I do know Breakfast Club. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. So youth group was a huge part. So you love church, the church people, your church people. Not your parents' church people necessarily. Sure. But you loved your church group. I did. Your friends, your high school buddies. Yep. My youth group was like my people. Okay, cool. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So that was definitely a big part of who I was. But even in youth group, I was, I mean, I was a leader, but I was always like, the, you know, youth leaders were always like, oh, Christine, stop saying that. <laughs> or, you know, like, uh, calm down. You need to, you need to perform put better. your sass back in your pocket yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I'm a very sassy girl. So you were, so, okay, we'll get on that later. <laughs> so you were, uh, um, so you were still told to perform better, be better, do better, talk better. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and so you graduated high school and you really had no dreams or aspirations or I want to be a movie star. I want to be an engineer. I want to be a doctor. Yeah. You had none of that. I mean, all I, okay. So one thing that's pretty key about who I am is if you tell me that I can't do something, I'm like, cool. That's what I want to do. So we're going to figure that one out. Yeah. So, um, I learned that women don't go into maths and sciences and I was like, well, that's ridiculous. So, um, I went to Moody for one year and was like, Dear Lord, I cannot. For the first time in my life, I had a curfew, and 
instead. So, so Moody was more strict than your parents. Yeah. <laughs> well, my parents had to trust me because they yeah. traveled so they traveled, much. Yeah. So, so in high school, I'm assuming then you, you actually were home quite a bit by yourself. Yeah. When you were old enough to be on your own, yep. they traveled. Yep. To, I mean, they were in, back to Israel a hundred times a yeah. year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And being <clears throat> the youngest, yeah. you know, like it got to a point where then, you know, Josh goes off to college, and then Jen leaves, and then Kat leaves, and then it's just little You're home by yourself. By <laughs> um, yeah, and that was hard. I actually, this is a story I haven't told uh, maybe ever. Let's um, hear it. At one point, um, my parents were, I don't even know where they were, but I was a senior, maybe I graduated, and I was struggling with depression. I was really feeling... Isolated. Yeah. Just, purposeless just knocked off i'd gone through a season of loss with a bunch of different things mm-hmm. um and i just felt like everything that i'd been standing on was one by one by one just taken away from me and crumbling and i just felt like i don't even know what's left and my parents were somewhere and you know they called to check in or i texted them or something and kind of let them in on like i'm not doing great and um so they called and like, what's going on? And kind of shared like that I was really struggling, just having a hard time. And they were like, okay, well, we'll come home. And the fact that they were willing mm-hmm. to leave their schedule. Yeah, their engagement, right? And come back home to me, like tore me apart. Yeah, I never, not for one moment of my life, doubted my parents' love for me. But it always felt like I needed to be put on the backseat for God's work. Like God's work is really important. What they do matters. Yeah. They're changing lives. So I just have to take care of myself. Oh man. Like I just got to do it myself. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they're like, we're coming home. I was like, really? <laughs> like I matter. Not that I, I, not that I doubted I mattered, but it just, oh, was, I hear you. yeah. Yeah. It's the, um, it's a, it's the, it's the it's the image that you have in in, in yourself, though nobody said it. Yeah. It's just the image that you felt that you had. Being the dutiful uh, daughter, you would always put your dreams and ambitions on the back burner for God's purpose in your yeah. parents' life. Yeah. And just just to hear whether they came home or not, but just to hear them be willing to put their life on the back burner mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. had to wreck you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so you talked about depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it something you've struggled with a lot or just back then or just for the yeah. day or what? Yeah, I just, I, I've had a couple periods where I struggled a little bit. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say it's been, you know, like a, a very frequent or, you know, common struggle, but I've had periods where I'm like, okay, I get this. I know what this feels like, which honestly I think is from God because my husband does struggle more, uh-huh. uh, more so with anxiety. Uh-huh. But I think that if I hadn't experienced that myself, right. my compa- my compassion for that would be non-existent. Right, 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 right. No, so. I understand. <clears throat> so high school, normal. Uh, you want to be a mathematician because you were told you can't. Right. So you go to Moody. And you, so, and, <laughs> well, I think it was kind of right. out of order, but sure. And you last a year just because it was just way too strict. Yes. I was like, no, I want to go drink and make out with boys. <laughs> Sounds like my color. Right? Stop telling me I need to be. Uh, so eventually, so at the end of your first year at Moody, you said what? I said, I cannot do this anymore. 
I don't think I'm getting out of this what I'm supposed to be because instead of deepening my relationship with God, all I'm doing is figuring out ways to bend the rules. Bend, bend the rule, perform better publicly. Yeah. Show, to do enough so that, I right. mean, I got good grades, I did whatever, right. but you know, like I was like, this is not the point. This is one, those are for you. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is a great place to have our cliffhanger. How incredible is this? We're with Christine Gerling, who just told us that she dropped out of Moody because it was too strict. That's right. So we come back talking with Christine, part two. We're going to find out where life took you after Moody. Hey, guys, thanks for checking out 316 Podcast. I'm Clayton with 316 Creative Works. Hey, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works talking about our podcast. Listen, if you like any of this stuff that you saw or you heard, I'm going to give you a couple places where you might find it besides coming in live to the Farmhouse Studios. There's a couple platforms you can find these on. Um, <clears throat> so you can check out Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So for the cheap seats in the back there, let me say this one more time. You can go to Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find it under 316 Podcasts.